Welcome to the West Side Church. I hope you guys are awake this morning. Today I will be uh, leading the thoughts for contribution. And let's turn over to 1 Peter 1. Little disclaimer here. If you're a member of the church, then contribution is for you. But if you're not, if you're visiting for the first time, we love to see your new faces and you're not obligated to give. But if you feel compelled to, we won't stop you. Amen? 1 Peter 1, verse 8. And we'll read uh, 8 through 9. It reads, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the result of your faith salvation of your souls. Now, we all here believe in God. And we not only believe in him, but we love him, even though we don't see him right now. And that love fills us with an inexpressible, glorious joy that sometimes we can't explain, but that we show through our faith and show through how we respond with our faith. We do that and we live for him every single day because of this joy in all areas of our life. And I'm really grateful for the married ministry. I'm really grateful for you guys. That's right. Yeah. And the reason is I've grown up, you know, going, coming to church. And you guys do so much for the different ministries, the team, the campus. I remember there, there are times where uh, campus students couldn't afford to go to a retreat or couldn't afford to go to a conference, and somehow, some way, the married ministry pulled money together so that they could sponsor and support us. So I'm really grateful for you guys, and I know that you do this because you love God, you believe in God, and you show that through your inexpressible and glorious joy by giving to campus teams and to all areas of the church. So I thank you for that. And ultimately... I want to encourage us all to have that mentality, to have that heart 
of giving. And today as we take a contribution, I really want us to focus on this uh, so that we can give with faith and give knowing that we will receive the end results of our faith, which is the salvation of our souls. Amen? Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be here meeting together. Um, I pray that we can give our all to you in every aspect of our life. We live for you every day. And as we take up the collection, we can give faithfully, understanding that you are the one we follow, you are the one we love, and you are the one we know, even though we don't see you right now. Thank you. I love you. And I pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. Okay, we also have a couple of announcements. Actually, just one announcement. And um, has anyone heard of the Vision Committee? Anybody? We've been sending some emails out and uh, notifying people. And it's to develop the vision and identity of our local congregation. And we want to begin the process of selecting and hiring a new couple, a new ministry couple. So we want to get as much input as possible from the members of the church. And uh, you will be receiving an email about selecting reps from your ministry, so singles, family, campus. And we want as many people to respond as soon as possible, but preferably everyone by Friday. Is that, that right, John? Everyone by Friday. And we will, we will have a selection of the committee, hopefully, by next week. So that's, that's the only announcement. Okay, so now to introduce the speaker. So as I was spending this week, John told me about I was going to speak last, last Sunday. He said... We're gonna, I was going to introduce people, do some contribution, and I said, okay, cool. So when he told me who I was introducing, I was like, wow, all right, it's, it's a big timer right here. How am I going to do this? And I tried to think some stories about just my connection with this big timer, and there, were, there weren't too many because he's so big time, I didn't really hang out with him that much, you know? So um, I'm thinking back to eighth or ninth grade, and I started getting into volleyball, and if you guys know me, I love volleyball, I play on the UCLA team, it's, it's awesome, and um, I just remember this one time we had a park service, and at this service, we had, uh, you know, the family ministry, the campus, the singles, the teens, everyone was there, and uh, we played volleyball after, and it was in, on these sand courts, so we have the service, singing was great, connected with God, amen, and then we walk over to the volleyball courts, and I see Two of my team leaders playing, Will Garcia, Boro, and Boro, Izzy And then I see Tim Priestley. It's two-on-two -two volleyball, sand volleyball court, nets in the middle. So Will Garcia, Boro on one side. And I see Tim Priestley on the other side, which makes sense. He plays volleyball. And then I see this man, this older man playing. And at that time, I had a schema. Schema is a predisposition, a pre-notion of what you think, the, how world, the world works. And I, I didn't think that past a certain age you could still play volleyball. So I was sitting there thinking, he's going to get hurt. We need to do something about this. So I talked to my mom. I was young. I was in ninth grade. So I talked to my mom, and I said, hey, mom, you, you know that he's going to get hurt, right? <laughs> and she says, she just starts laughing. She goes, she goes and tells Gloria, Gloria Baird, who, yeah, you guys pretty, know, pretty much know who I'm talking about now. And Gloria starts laughing, but I was there like, no way, no way. So I sit down, and I said, let me just watch. Let me, let me see what happens here. And as he's playing, he's the fiercest competitor on the court. He's digging balls, hitting balls, and I'm like, you know what? 
My whole mentality has been changed. The schema has been broken. Old people can play volleyball, amen? And you're probably wondering how this relates to what he's going to speak about. And just so you guys know, this man is Albert. <laughs> and I think it relates because I was surprised. I had this idea and this predisposed notion of what he could do, of who he was. But I was completely wrong. And I sat there and I watched and I was impressed, I was inspired. And I think when he comes up today, whatever you're going through, whatever uh, predisposed notions you have in your head, I'd say, relax, sit down, and prepare to be inspired. Because he's a great speaker, way better speaker than he was at volleyball, amen? <laughs> All right, we're going to have one song before Al comes up. Let's all stand. Thanks, Kenny, for that great welcome.
please welcome Al and be seated. I hope I'm a better preacher than a volleyball player. sermon today is not a fill-in sermon. I preach because we don't have an evangelist right now. Although I really appreciate those who have been filling in, and I think they've done a fantastic job. But this is, uh, this is a sermon that's hard to preach. And uh, it's, it's a sermon that's even harder to live. Uh, th this is not going to be a feel-good sermon. It is, uh, it's not just some sermon that God put on my heart last night or last week or last month. Uh, it's a sermon that's born out of the pain that Gloria and I have lived with since last June when she was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, at some point in the sermon today, you may feel like I'm preaching at you. I hope you do. If I miss any of you, I apologize. <laughs> because the, the principles that I'm going to talk about today are principles that God wants all of us to hear, to understand, to embrace, and to live. Uh, I first preached this sermon three months ago in Singapore uh, when I was there, and Gloria and I were there to appoint their first elders in that great church. I preach it there because they needed to hear it. Last month, I preached it in Northern Virginia because they needed to hear it and because some of our kids and our grandkids live there, and I want them to hear it. I want my kids and my grandkids to understand, to embrace, and to prayerfully live the principles that we're going to talk about today. And I feel like that now's the time to preach it here. So if we could have the first slide, please. Hard times, a blessing or a curse? Anybody here that's never experienced hard times? Uh, we have a few unborns in the audience with us today, soon to be born. You know what? They're going to experience some hard times, aren't they? And uh, I want to share with you a story uh, from Max Licato, a well-known Christian author, called The Woodcutter's Wisdom, which really sets the stage for what I'm going to talk about today. Once there was an old man who lived in a tiny village, although poor, he was the envy of everyone because he owned a beautiful white horse. A horse like this had never been seen before. People offered fabulous prices, but the old man always refused to sell the horse. This horse is not just a horse to me, he would tell them. He says, he's family. How can you sell family? One morning he found that the horse was not in the stable. The whole village came to see him. You old fool, they said. We told you that someone would steal that horse. You should have sold him. You could have gotten whatever price you wanted. Now the horse is gone, and you've been cursed with bad luck. 
The old man responded, don't speak so quickly. Just say that the horse is not in a stable. That's all we know. The rest is judgment. How can you judge whether it's a curse or a blessing? All we can see is a fragment. The people of the village laughed. They thought the man was crazy. After 15 days, the horse came back. He hadn't been stolen. He, hadn't run away. he had run away. Not only had he returned, he brought a dozen wild horses with him. Once again, the village people gathered around the woodcutter and said, Oh, man, you were right and we were wrong. What we thought was a curse really was a blessing. The old man answered, Once again, you're going too far. All we can say is the horse is back and say that a dozen horses came back with him, but don't judge. How do you know if this is a blessing or not? You see only a fragment. Unless you know the whole story, how can you judge? You read only one page of a book. Can you judge the whole book by one page? But down deep, the people knew he was wrong. They knew it was a blessing. Twelve wild horses, wild horses had returned with one horse, and with a little work, the animals could be broken and trained and sold for a fortune. The old man had a son, an only son. The young man began to break the wild horses. After a few days, he fell from one of the horses and broke both legs. Once again, the villagers gathered around the old man. You were right, they said. The dozen horses were not a blessing. They were a curse. Your only son has broken his legs. Now in your old age, you have no one to help you. Now you're poorer than ever. The old man spoke again. You people are obsessed with judging. Don't go so far. Only say that my son broke his legs. Who knows if it's a blessing or a curse? No one knows. We only have a fragment. Life comes in fragments. A few weeks later, the country went to war against a neighboring country. All the young men of the village were required to join the army. Only the son of the old man was exempt because of his broken legs. Once again, the people gathered around the old man crying because their sons had been drafted. They would never see them again. You were right, old man, they cried. This proves it. Your son's accident was a blessing. His legs may have been broken, but at least he's with you. Our sons are gone forever. The old man spoke again. It is impossible to talk with you. <laughs> you always draw conclusions. No one knows. Only say this. Your sons had to go to war, and mine did not. No one knows if it's a blessing or a curse. No one is wise enough to know. Only God knows. This is a powerful story. And, uh, you know, Jesus talks about this. Because our thinking is so different than the, th the thinking of God. We read in John chapter 9, as he went along, he saw a blind man, a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the 